Thanks for downloading this podcast from the Magpie Anthology. I'm Tom Stroud and we're talking money. We're back with Ben Rouse from Rouse Limited and Louise Hunt, who is a supervising power planner, also from Rouse Limited. And today we're talking about what really happens when you visit an advisor for the first time. Ben, what should people expect? Well, I think um, you'll have a probably an, an idea of why you think you're going, and it would be worthwhile you having a conversation before you actually turn up to make sure that uh, your understanding of what you're going there for and, and what you need to bring with you is, is absolutely clear. Any good advisor will uh, be happy to have a chat with you before you come into the office to talk around uh, the different things you want to discuss. They're not going to give you advice over the phone when they don't know you or ha- haven't met you because it's be very irresponsible to do that. From that, then they should be able to send you things like terms of business, all those kinds of things. Mostly, people wouldn't charge for a first meeting. And the idea behind that is that, well, certainly from our perspective as a firm, we want to understand whether we can actually add value for a client. So if someone comes in and, uh, you know, we we have a conversation with them and we we sort of tease out any um, requirements, if if, if there's genuinely nothing we can do or we can only signpost them to somebody else, then there's no point in taking that relationship any further. And uh, that won't have cost them anything. But uh, obviously, if there is something that we can help with, then unless we have a very good understanding of what it is, we can't really tell them what it's going to cost because you know there's too many variables. So in that first meeting, we'll, we'll endeavour to find out everything we can about it and from that produce what we would call a letter of engagement, which would outline what the next stage is going to cost. So you know, you should never feel worried about what it's going to cost you because you should always be told what it's going to cost before you do it. Louise, there's an element of unburdening yourself when you go and have this sort of conversation, which someone might be a little bit nervous about for a first time. But you a bit like doctors. Have you seen it all before? Absolutely. We've had it all before. All different wishes that people want or how their situation is structured. So um, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to shock us. We are there to listen to you and to understand you. So think about what it is that you want before you come. But if in the conversation it may go a different way you may end up having a different conversation than you thought and that's okay that's part of the process so it can seem really daunting when you when you come and see someone for the first time especially if you've never really spoken to anyone about your finances before but we're there just to listen to you and understand you we also make you comfy a nice cup of coffee and have a it We'd like to think it was like having a chat with someone that, you know, we'll record some of the information, but it's really, really to understand if we can help you and to understand your position. So if it were me then, and I were about to go into a conversation with a financial planner, what kind of things should I be looking for and what should I be asking my financial planner? Most people come to us uh, from a referral. Now, that, that, that is either a referral from an existing client of ours or quite often from a professional firm like a solicitor and an, a, an accountant. So hopefully people coming through to us already have a good idea of what they're going to be met with. But if you don't have the option to get those kinds of referrals, then I think you'd want to know a certain number of things about the person that you're going to see and the firm that you're going to see. So the, the kind of things you should know is you know, what qualifications does the person that I'm going to be seeing have? So if you're going there to talk about pensions, there's no written rule of law that you have to have an exam on pensions. Um, so you, know, you really need to understand that they've got the right exams for the advice that they're going to give you. You know, if you're going to talk about inheritance tax, do they have any tax exams? You know, do they, what's, their, what's their experience? What's their knowledge in that area? So I'd want to do a little bit of digging on that. And you should be able to find that on either their website or, as I say, if you go to unbiased.co.uk, which is an independent search engine, most companies have their qualifications listed there. 
Uh, you also should decide whether you're comfortable going to a firm who is independent or a firm that is a tied agent. So if you're happy going to, to, to a firm that just sells the products of that firm, it doesn't mean it's bad advice, it just means the range isn't as wide, then that's fine as well. If, you, if, if they're a good advisor, then there's, that's, that's kind of what matters most. But um, some people are very adamant that they want to deal with someone that doesn't have to be tied to a particular provider. You should also try and find out whether there's a team involved with this firm. You know, if you're dealing with uh, one person, what happens when they're on holiday and you're worried or, you know, they're ill or something, you know? Um, you know, is there a proper backup scenario there? Are they protected? Are they well-funded? You know, you can do all normal things like look at company accounts, all that sort of stuff if you want to go into that sort of depth. But just understanding the team details, I think, is really important. They have a good range of qualifications and skills across the board. If you want to, you can get references normally from good firms about, you know, they'll, they'll give you clients that will be happily have a chat with you about the sort of service that they've provided. And also you should find out how you're protected. So again, you know, is this firm a regulated firm through the Financial Conduct Authority? We said in an earlier podcast, you can check on the FCA website, which is fca.gov.uk, and you can put the name of the advisor or the firm in and just check that they are legitimate. And finally, of course, you know, if someone's a bit cagey about giving you the cost of things... I would be a bit worried about that. I don't think you should expect them to give you a cost without meeting you and without discussing your situation. But most people won't charge you for that first meeting, but they should be able to then provide something which gives you an idea of cost going forward. But if yeah, if there's any sort of um, hesitation about that, I'd be a little bit worried. It's important to remember that when you go and see a financial planner, if you do engage in that process, that you don't lose control of the situation. So that's not the point. You're not going to give over all control of all of your money to somebody else. And I think that's something that people might expect to happen or might be daunted by, and that might be putting them off. But it's not about that. We work with you to achieve what you want to achieve rather than taking all of your money off you and saying you can only have this much. I constantly um, have to remind clients that it is their money and so you know they'll come along and say well can I you know can I can I buy that I, I say to them look it's not it's not my money it's your money <laughs> uh, but we're just here looking after it for you but of course you know you can do exactly what you want with it we'll just tell you if there's a better place to take it from you know if you've got two or three different types of accounts you know this is the best one to take. Do you get what you pay for? It's a service at the end of the day, isn't it? And by its nature, it's not the kind of thing I imagine that people necessarily shop around for particularly. And it's not the kind of thing that you can buy in a supermarket. It's very much a personal conversation, isn't it? How does that whole level of fees and costs work? And does a good planner earn their own fee? How does it work? Well, I think um, this role, rather like anything uh, medical or legal, in the end, it all boils down to a trust relationship. You know, if you have a trust relationship, you know you, you have a situation where you're comfortable with what you've been advised, and you know you can question people. And sometimes, you know, things go wrong, um, and you know that's actually a really good test of a relationship. When things go wrong, did your advisor put it right to your satisfaction? Take it on the chin when it was their fault, and, and you know actually get it sorted out. And if they did, then I would say that you know you probably wouldn't just throw them out for that situation. So it's, I think it's all about being comfortable with um, you know given that they've got all the qualifications and all the you know the protection levels and stuff in place, um, you know just being comfortable with somebody and and really sort of feeling that they've got your back. That's what that's what we're here for. In terms of quantifying the costs of your question, it's a really hard thing to do because as Ben saying, it's more about the value that we add, not the cost that we entail. So um, we can add that value by making you less worried about things, by taking that responsibility off your shoulders. And so it's about what value can we add rather than how much does it cost. 
you know, in the end, that there's no point in paying out for something that gets you less of a return than the money that you've paid out. So uh, those sorts of relationships wouldn't last very long. And that's the kind of thing that we as advisors would seek to determine at our first one or two meetings. You know, actually, is this somewhere where we can add value? Quite often, just by seeing a client through a difficult situation, keeping them calm, stopping them making rash decisions, we can add a huge amount of uh, not only emotional value, but actual return value. That's one of our biggest points, I would say. Okay, so I come and see you and we have a conversation and I tell you what I want. You then go away and think about it. And what happens next? So this is where the power planners come in a little bit. So if there's any research to be done, for example, if you've got existing arrangements like pensions or investments that you want us to look at, then we will research those and look into that. Or if it's something about formulating a a whole plan, we may do some cash flow lifetime modelling and the power planners will will research that and put all of that together for the advisors. Um, We very much work as a business we work as a team so you don't just get the opinion of one person you get the planner you get the power planners and we will often sit down and talk things through to develop the right plan for someone um, once we've done that we're in a position that we want to present that to you so we produce a report so it's called a suitability report that explains exactly what we've understood of your situation and what we're recommending and how it meets what you wanted very often we will invite people back in to go through that report together and have another meeting and again there shouldn't be any pressure at that point to sign up to anything in particular you need time to think and understand and decide if it's the right plan for you once you have decided if you do want to proceed um, then a planner a good planner or a good advisor should help you put that plan into into action so if it involves moving different uh, investments or pensions around we will do that for you Um, if it involves applying for different arrangements we'll do that for you or recommending different places to hold cash that kind of thing bank accounts that sort of thing we'll do that for you until that plan is is set up then there's an ongoing relationship that we want to build so a plan isn't just something you can create and that's it and it's it's right forever it will change your circumstances will change so it needs to be reviewed so we put in place an ongoing review process so that we'll invite you to come back in at regular intervals to have a look at what's happened in your circumstances during that time what's happened to your plan and if there's been any legislative changes or any uh, anything that affects you then we'll review that as well so that's something that should be on a regular basis and it's as important as the original plan itself i've been doing this um, for much longer than uh, Louise she, as you can see from well, if you could see if you could look down this microphone um, the the situation is that I've seen so many changes to pensions to life assurance to investments over the last 30 years nearly if you just set a plan up 30 years ago you'd be stuck in British gas shares where they denationalized and probably some tech stuff and it would all gone down the drain the reality is that this is a moving organic process and um really to to buy into it initially and then do nothing else is almost a waste of money so uh, i think you know that that's the difference where you know you might have a transactional um, situation where you want to go and buy some life assurance because you've just had a child and you know you've got more um, responsibility now so you might want to do that as a one-off thing but actually creating a plan as far away from your your aims as possible so you know if you can start saving uh, or creating a decent plan in your 30s or 40s for retirement in your 60s you've got a much better chance of succeeding if you've got one that you can continually test and refer back to 
Okay, well, in our next instalment of this podcast, we'll be talking about pensions and the various types of pensions. And we'll be back with Louise and Ben from Rouse Limited in our next MagPod from the Magpie Anthology soon.